You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. All right, guys, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. Ryan and Yancey, it's good to be back with you guys. It's been a while for me. Yeah, it's good good to be be here. here. Yeah, Yeah, thanks Thanks. for coming. How are y'all? Y'all are good? Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the middle of a podcast series where we're talking about how to talk to our kids about lots of different things, but hard topics that we are definitely um, having conversations with our kids about, but that maybe sometimes feel hard. We don't know where to start. We don't know the right thing to say. And so we might not have all the answers uh, today or any of these weeks, but we just want to together um, as a church talk through what that looks like. And maybe all together we can offer some wisdom. So today's topic is how to talk, how do I talk to my kids about others? So others, capital O, that's just anyone who's different, who is different in some way to where your kid notices and they just feel the need to have a conversation about it or you want to have a conversation with them. Before we talk about the little things and the big things, um, if you're talking to your kids just about someone who's different, whatever it is, do you think there's like a first step? Like when you enter in these conversations, if your kid says, hey, like this person is different from me for this reason, like how do we even frame those conversations with our kids? Like regardless of the specific thing we're talking about. Yeah, I don't, you know, my kids are older now. Y'all have younger kids. So my kids are in high school and in college. So I'm just trying to think back when my kids would describe someone who they would have, they wouldn't have said other, but that's who it was. I think what we've, we tried to just talk about that God's made a very diverse world mm-hmm. and he's planted us in it. And um, that there's a great benefit on people that are different than you. Uh, and, but, and again, <clears throat> for me, it always depends on what the other is. Right. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's race, uh, that's one conversation. If mm-hmm. it's religion, it's another conversation. If it's sexuality, it's a whole nother conversation. So uh, I don't think there's a one stop step. Because it yeah. all depends on the context of what the other actually is. Yeah. That's what I would argue. Yeah, yeah I, and I <clears throat> definitely agree with that. I actually like love that you said that like diversity is a good thing, just in general, right? And it does depend on what we're talking about, which we're going to get to. Um, but w- one thing I do try to tell my kids, though, that's, that doesn't ever change, regardless of the conversation, is this is a person in front of you who is made in God's image, who God loves yeah. more than you could ever even consider. So whether it's something that is, you know, a truth question or race or whatever it is, like God loves this person. And so you are required to treat them that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, every person has uh, dignity given to them because they are made in the image of God. Um, And, you know, I think I try to help our kids to have some empathy and for an understanding to get outside of their own experience and to be able to try to uh, just have a curiosity for mm-hmm. someone else's experience and, and how they view the world and to ask questions. Um, and I think, so, I mean, to me, that is a part of that is the, the first step to me is understanding like the Christian worldview in that. But even just from, you know, we're, we're brought up in, in an American democracy where uh, people are able to, People come from different places. They immigrate here. They uh, have different perspectives, different political leanings, different religious beliefs. And as as a country, we've celebrated those things. And so, um, you know, it, it is it is as, as much someone else's America as it is yours. And and so, yeah, we can embrace those things even just from a you know from a our, our country standpoint. So, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, obviously, I, I start with the. Uh, with how God has created us and what we believe about the dignity of other people. Um, but then, you know, even just trying to give people perspective or our kids a perspective on mm-hmm. um, just the society that we live in. I mean, this is what it looks like to be a part of a, uh, of a society in a culture mm-hmm. and one that we have all stacked hands on to say, this is what America is going to look like. We're going to be a, a, a mixing pot. There's going to be different perspectives. There's going to be a, uh, a respect for what other people believe and what they think, and so we're gonna we're gonna live into that and um, and and walk with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I think that's really helpful. I I think what we can do, I think what can happen is sometimes we enter into conversations um, with a foundation of fear. You know, so um, if someone's different than you, that's scary, and our kids feel that. 
You know, like this is, even if it's something that we hold really closely that does really, really matter, we enter into like reactive stance or fearful stance instead of, like you're saying, like with curiosity, with questions, which this is the world we live in. So it's like we can enter into those conversations and um, be okay with those conversations and ask questions, be loving. And then, but I think the other side of that too is like making sure your kids, like you're saying, like they know what they believe. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, because the, yeah. the challenge is our world drifts towards tribalism. Mm-hmm. So we want to say that everyone is different than us or believes different than us is is bad, or and we want to circle up with with our people, and so we're we're afraid of, you know, whatever that might be, and uh, and like that's just, I don't think that's a godly perspective, um, and I also just think it's it's. It's not good for for who we are as as a society, like as as a country, to try to like to divide up in those kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to have that open mindedness and be able to ask questions and you know try to discover what someone believes and why they believe those things. And and what it should be doing for us is to help solidify what we believe about those things as well. And so um, that it, it is that dance with our kids. You know, that's kind of what you know we want to talk about here is. How do you help your kids know what they believe, um, but then also engage with other people who have a, a different perspective, you know, a different history, different beliefs about whatever that might be, mm-hmm. and um, and to do that in a, in a God honoring way, and, and hopefully in a way that brings the gospel to bear in those conversations and in the, those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. No, I was just going to say, <clears throat> excuse me. The the tough part or the challenging part in all of that is. Trying to help your kids understand that uh, we, we want to love everybody. Uh, God made everybody. Everybody has intrinsic value, as you said. They're they're beautiful, and uh, but they're also broken. And that's where the the second half of that challenge comes in. Is what happens if if it is if it's not just something, um, if the difference isn't just something by design, but it's something by a choice mm-hmm. uh, that 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 Christian tradition would say would be even sinful. Because that's that really is the conversation a lot with kids. Sure. <clears throat> and they've just leaned on their parents, and they kind of carry their parents' convictions all day. They they don't know why they think what they think, and and so that's that's the nuance of it all. Is that how do you how do you thread the needle of saying, hey, I want, we need to be loving towards everybody, and and, and uh, God's created all people, and the image of God is a real important thing, and yet at the same time, uh, how, how do we? How are we able also to talk to them about, yeah, but okay, but we have some differences, and sometimes these differences aren't neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they have moral value on them, and uh, in a world where, that says your moral value is just as good as someone else's moral value, which is, which is kind of get, gets lumped in with diversity. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the tough part of being a follower of Jesus in a multicultural world uh, where now uh, Christianity is not the top ladder on the social rung. So mm-hmm. that's the tough part. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um, one thing that I would want to be a part of like a first step is just to remember that how you, how we, how we're talking with our kids about these things is how they're going to talk to other people about these things. So whatever you want your kids to be showing, whether it's, you know, curiosity or love or humility in the midst of this, we also, we have to be showing that initially when we start. Um, I just think that's a really big deal. Uh, But even when it comes to, you know, you mentioned like there's all sorts of things we have to talk to our kids about. And a lot of it is about lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So the choices that we're making, um, because so I have a kid who's in junior high now, one who's about to be. And that's usually what the conversation is right now. You know, it's those like, why can't I do this or say this or wear this or whatever it is. It's all store. So all sorts of lifestyle choices that are based on my beliefs. Mm -hmm. So those aren't huge categories, but they're real, especially to our kids. So, so how do you have those conversations? Well, um, one of the things that I've, we've tried to do with our kids is, as they've grown up just to say, hey, listen, we make no bones about it. We're followers of Jesus. Uh, and your mom and dad are followers of Jesus. And now all my kids have made professions of faith fairly early on in their childhood and were baptized and hopefully it felt like that was on their own initiative. We didn't pressure them on any of that stuff, but <clears throat> we just said, you know, th- this is, if, if every family is a different kind of colony in a very multi, uh, in a very diverse world, our colony is about King Jesus. And whatever Jesus says and whatever the values are of his kingdom, that's what we're running after. And that's going to agree with some people and it's going to disagree with some people. And that's going to cause 
your mom and dad is not only followers of Jesus, but parents who are followers of Jesus. We're going we're gonna to make decisions on how best we honor Jesus and his kingdom in how we parent you. So you're not going to get to make every decision. You're not the, even the center of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, your mom and I, we're not each other's center of our marriage. Jesus is the center to all of it. And so, I mean, we're just very honest with our kids about that. And we just tell them there's going to be times where you're going to want to dress like your friends or talk like your friends or act like your friends and, you know, behave in ways that we don't think befits is befitting of uh, being a citizen of the kingdom of God. And um, our job is to help ensure as best as we can that uh, we, we try to model uh, the heart and life of Jesus and how we live. And we won't be perfect at that. We won't get it right all the time. But um, but we also know that you're going to be interacting with, with kids and families that do not believe what we believe. You're going to be acting, excuse me, interacting with a lot of kids and families that say they believe what we believe, but yeah. don't live that way. They're kind of what we I've told my kids. We have cultural Christians. We have people that like to go to a church service and they sit in there and they walk out and they want their kids to kind of be moral, but they don't really have a... Uh, a real heart for Jesus, uh, you know, if, if, if really you could just lay the truth bare. And uh, so they're going to let their kids make decisions that we're not going to let our kids make. And then we also have to say, because, again, it's, it's never an easy, it's a nuanced conversation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're going to have families that are really are trying to follow Jesus, and we're still not going to agree on some things. Uh, and these aren't on the central things. They may be like, I'm okay for my kid to watch this show, and we're not. And we might be be okay to send our kid to that kind of a dance, and they're not. So we just have to understand that I'm responsible, you know, for my three children. I'm responsible, guys, if I were talking to them as your dad. i got to make the best decisions with your mom in hand to think, what what do we do here? And that's how we presented it to our kids, and, and uh, we have to continually or had to, especially early on, remind them of that. When they see all of their friends, and in their world it's all of them, when all of my friends are doing this, wearing that, saying this, watching that, have access to this, why do they all get a phone and I don't? Why do they get to have TikTok? I don't. Why do they have to see that they get to see this movie? Why do they get to go to Taylor Swift and I didn't? You know, and again, I'm not trying to make a marker whether you should or shouldn't or any of those things. I'm just saying there's just decisions parents make um, on a spectrum and they're trying to do the best they can. And so you gotta you gotta help your kids walk through that, but you can't just tell them the what. You have to tell them the why. Mm-hmm. Here's why. And then just go, listen, when you're a parent, you can do it the way you want to do it. This is the best we know how to do it in following Jesus. And if we mess up, we'll just repent and try to do better. That's what we've done with our kids, yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's, it's what you're trying to do is help your kids develop a biblical worldview. And uh, that's going to, it probably starts off more telling them what to believe. And then as they get older, you're helping them to discover why they believe what they believe and help them to, uh, to work through all those different questions. And, um, you're, you're, you're wrestling through in real time and you're teaching them either explicitly in how you say it, or even just implicitly in how you model, what does it look like to wrestle through these different questions? Like, you know, there's a new social media app that's out there. All right. How does a, how should a Christian engage or not engage in this app? And as Nancy said, yeah, you're, you might get it wrong and you may have to change, and, but they're, they're seeing you wrestle through that from a biblical worldview. What, is, what mm-hmm. does the gospel say? This? What is the godly way and the wise way to, to live into this um, as a follower of Jesus? And, uh, so it's super helpful to know what a biblical worldview is, like as yeah. a parent. I mean, that sounds really basic, but really, like if we're having these conversations with our kids, like we need to know what is a biblical worldview so that then we can have all these nuanced conversations with confidence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you have to, as a follower of Jesus, you have to saturate your life with the, with the Bible. You have to read and hear and um, just try to hear from God on a regular basis, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that rhythm looks like. That's one. Uh, you've got to do this in community with other people who are pressing the gospel into you. And it is helpful to even yeah, have absolutely. other parents who are in the same you know, similar stage of life or parents who are, who are, their kids are older. They've gone through some of those things. They can help, you know, give you some input on those. Even, you know, it's like, oh, all right, my kids, we're, they're dealing with whether or not we should get a, a Walkman, you know, or not. And now you're dealing with whether or not they should have TikTok. Maybe it's a little different, yeah. but here's how you can think mm-hmm. through that. And uh, so, yeah, doing this in community, but, I mean, yeah, your your worldview 
your biblical worldview is, as a parent, is continually uh, being developed and formed as you're reading the Bible and you're walking in community. And at the same time, you're also trying to help form your own kids' worldview. Um, so we're really talking right now about what it looks like to explain to our kids, which is half the conversation. Here's why. Here's why we make these choices. You might look different, right? You might feel like the other because you're different. Um, but then how do we talk to them about how they interact with other people about those choices or those differences? Because for me, I found that that's part of the battle too. So I'll give you an example. Um, one of my kids came home. I'm not going to say which one. And uh, they just, just randomly at dinner, just, 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 a, just, just yelled like the name of Jesus in vain. And Aaron and I just, that's my husband, we just looked at him and we were like, him, what? <laughs> well, let's see. It narrows it down. <laughs> it's one of two. It's not one, it's just one and of two. And we were like, <clears throat> what? Like, what did you just say? And he had, I mean, he really did. I mean, he says he had no idea and we were like, you don't ever say that again. And you're grounded and all these things, just bawling. And he was like, why? I didn't know. And we were like, where'd you hear it? He said, everyone, just like you said, yeah. everyone says that. Everyone says that. And we're like, that's not true. He said, everyone says it. And so we had to have a conversation with him about why we don't talk like that, yeah. why the name of Jesus is sacred and precious and we hold an honor. But then, then he goes with everyone else and you know, I don't know if I want him telling every single person he sees, like, hey, what are you saying? You know, as a little eight-year-old. Sure. So how do you have that conversation with your kids? Like, this is why we make those choices, but how do they interact with everyone else who's making different choices? I know it's, I, I, yeah. I think it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear Yancy's thoughts on this. Just Well, I, did, so, I just spoke first last time, yeah. so I thought I'd just let yeah, I mean, you run after it first. So we're, the season life that Lindsay and I are in is we've got, um, I would say, at least one of our kids have made a profession of faith, and the other two have, um, it's kind of like a, yeah, yeah, of course I believe that. And it feels a little bit like, I don't know if that's as much of a profession. You know, it, they're in that stage where, where we're trying to help them work through that. What, are, what do you really believe? What does faith in Jesus really look like? And so because of that, those conversations are slightly different. There is, there's some nuance into that. Um, in particular, mm -hmm. the, the one who has made this profession of faith, um, some of it's not, all right, now that you have done this, here's, here's, you're entering into your school as a missionary. And so you're interacting with people who, who don't believe what you believe. Um, they don't know the hope of the gospel. And so that, that, doesn't mean that you're going to look down upon them or, you know, go around and you're just trying to point out the sin in other people's lives and say, you need to do the right thing. But your heart should, should want them to know the hope of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, you, you go into your school with a different identity now. And um, that's, the, that's an identity that you're going to carry on for the rest of your life. You, you will be a missionary for the rest of your life and you will interact with people who, um, who believe different and think different. And sometimes they're making choices that are uh, not godly, not to say sometimes, many times people are not going to be making godly choices in their lives. And so how do you interact with, with those people? You know, how do you, how do you love them? How do you share the good news of the gospel with them? And, um, it starts now, you know, mm -hmm. in whatever grade you're in. So, uh, that's one way that we've talked about that with, with our kids. Yeah. I think, um, just even listening to you talk about it, it's another, you know, you're talking about worldview before. So understanding that there really is a different worldview. And I think part of why having all of these conversations is good is because then your kids have expectations that it is going to be different. So they're not like, well, I don't like, why, why is it different? Well, going into it or just, it's a continuing conversation, but you really are going to look different sometimes yeah. and you're going to have to be okay with that. And your job is not to make everyone else conform. That's God's job, but you are going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for kids. I mean, yes. so this particular child of ours that has made this profession of faith, uh, he has a desire to fit in with other people. He wants to be liked. He wants to do what other people are doing. He wants to use the same words that everyone else is using. And it's so far in this school year, it's like, he's realizing he's starting to see the conflict with that, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, all right, the spirit's working in his heart is he's realizing that 
I may not be able to fit in my whole life, you know? And so, yeah, it's a hard thing, especially because I relate to that. Cause that's like, yeah, you know, we have the same personality, you know? And so it's, it's been good for him to, to see, yep, there, there's a, the reality sets in that following Jesus impacts everything. Yeah. And so when you said, I'm all in, you're, you're all in. And, um, yeah, that, that, that changes how you relate and how you think and what you believe and how you, yeah, all that stuff. So, and it's hard when you're yeah. older and it's also hard when you're yeah. in junior high. I mean, I think yeah. like it's this your is, world, it's your you world. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's like always, everybody does yes. this. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to be different than everybody. Yeah. And may that, while it's not necessarily true, then it's not necessarily true when you're adult. Right. It can feel that way. It feels like that. And I think just as far as having conversations with your kids, like with that reality, you know, like going into that with empathy just empathy for like, hey, I'm not saying this is going to be easy, but also expectations, but this is still what it means is is so helpful, which yeah. is what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I think there's also got to be, uh, you know, we're talking about a heart check with the kids. There's got to be a real heart check with the parents. And what I mean by that is uh, there are a lot of parents in suburbia, their whole, one of their dreams is that their kids are the popular ones, that they've made the cheerleading squad, that they're the volleyball stud that they're all these things, and, and not that you can't have those dreams for your kids. I think those are fine dreams. But sometimes the price they're willing to pay is, I'll, I want my kid just to, I want my kid to not only fit in, I want my kid to rise to the top. I want my kid to be the, the popular one. And, and um, I, I'm not too sure there are a lot of parents that don't subconsciously have that going on. Oh, your kid doesn't make the team. And it's not just hard. It's like so devastating because it's not because they're not going to play on the field. It's because of what it does to their social system. And, and I, I, I think parents have to check their own heart because if you're going to call your kid to follow Jesus, um, that may risk some popularity. That, that might even suffer some, um, I don't know if this is too strong of a word, some abuse or bullying or neglect. I mean, I, I can... I, I grew up in a town where Christendom was still alive and well. I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're saying prayers and the Pledge of Allegiance. And, I mean, I could count on in my in a 5A high school and in, in, in one hand how many people were I knew that were my class trying to follow Jesus. But everyone said they were following Jesus. And, um, and so I, I just think there's, we, we kind of got to look reality and truth both in the eye saying, what do we really want for our kids? Because sometimes... Uh, we, 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 we're a little duplicitous. We say one thing, but we act a different way uh, because we, we want our kids to follow Jesus, but we want them to also have all these other things because, you know, that's important to them. And you're right. It is a, I, I, would, I would think, especially for junior high, but really high school as well. Everyone wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to follow the styles. Everyone wants to do these other things. And, and the question that, again, the, the million-dollar question is, how do you do that in a way where you, you still have integrity as a as a follower of Jesus in your witness, uh, as a as a missionary, and um, if you're never having any kind of conflict at all, I just I, I just think it's a little suspect because because um, uh, then when I think what that falls into is kind of Christianity Incorporated, which is alive and well in this area, which is like you know I do the right thing, put my kid in the right school, get him in the right games and the right sports and in the right church, and there we go, send him off to the right school, and we've done our job, but. Uh, that's why you have nine kids out of 10 that lose the faith when they go to college for all practical sense and purposes. So that's the, you know, um, I mean, I relate to your kid's uh, story on that, how, how you know, they want to be accepted. And, and we, we even see that with our kids. I mean, it's, and what's even tougher is that kids don't come in one size fits all. They're all different. They got different personalities and different dreams and desires. And um, those are just some challenging things. And so you're trying to figure out like, uh, as the Bible teaches, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. But to me, always the key to that was, uh, how do I train up a child in the way that he should go? Like, what's unique to this kid? And I got three boys, and none of them have been perfect, and um, just like anyone else's kids. So the question is, like, how do I how do I train each one of these guys and where they are with their failings and uh, successes and their personality and their desires in a way that's befitting most for Jesus? And um, parenting is hard. Uh, so I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, like, I think that's really helpful too, because my four kids are very different, like everybody's. And, um, I have one kid who is, who is, will always struggle more with just wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I have another kid who, who probably their struggle is going to be being a little bit judgmental, Mm -hmm. 
like I'm going to do the right thing. And then if someone's not doing the right thing, then they're not really a Christian and they're like not a good person. And I don't want either one of those things yeah. for my kids, yeah. you know, because neither one of those are, are, are gospel centered, you know, like that's what I don't want because I mean, I have one of my very best friends who is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Now, one of her worst experiences was in young life in high school because she wasn't a Christian and she walked in and she was not welcome hmm. because the Christian kids in school made her feel less than, yeah. you know? And so we also don't want that. Yeah. So know who you are, but also always love well because yeah. Jesus did, Yeah. you know? You should have a robust theology of sin. Uh, if you're going to raise kids, uh, you need to realize those kids are little sinners and they're going to sin a lot. And by the way, they're being raised by parents who are sinners as well, and they're going to sin a lot. Now, when I mean by a lot, I mean, we, I, I mean, we just have a habitual practice of sin that we're trying to fight and grow in holiness. And so, like, I'm not expecting my kids to be St. Francis of Assisi. My kids are impulsive. They still have hormones that are going all over the place. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things that are fraught with danger because they're children. And I treat them as children. They're not adults. They're kids. And so... Um, but I, am, I also tell them those, those kinds of things. Like, listen, I get you got a lot of stuff going on, right? But um, Jesus never gave people a pass because they were young. Oh, if you're a kid, I guess it doesn't matter. In fact, he said, let the kids come to me. And, and so uh, what I, what I want to try and instill in my kids is like when things are going south and, and you're struggling with whatever that you're struggling with, being accepted or, uh, you know, you have a girl that, uh, I have three boys, you had a girl that, you know, didn't didn't respond the way you wanted to respond because you thought she was cute, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's, let's, what does Jesus have to say about who you are? I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. It's really all about identity. I'm trying to help my kids see that they're citizens and family members and missionaries, the things that we talk about. Like, that's not, those are real conversations we have with our kids. And because um, it's those kind of identity markers that, that this world's always pushing up against. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then at the same time, I have to tell my kids, Everyone's going to be different in this mm-hmm. deal. Like we, we have really close friends of ours with kids, some at the same age, and they're making different decisions than we are. And they'll be like, because it's always this way. It's probably how I was. What dad, but that person, you know, one of your best friends, dad, his kids get to do that. I'm like, that's right. He's the parent of that kid and that's his job. And we're not going to judge them for that. That's, you know, there's some, there's some discernment that's going on. And the way I'm discerning this right now with you guys and the way y'all are wired is we're not going to do that. And if we, if I need to learn better later on, I'll repent of that. But so. But you'll be fine either way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, in in the end, I I, I don't think that you can break your kids. So uh, they're not so fragile that uh, some, some rules uh, aren't going to hurt them. They're going to help them. And that's what we try to tell them. The rules are good for us. Rules are good if they're good rules. And we're trying to do good rules uh, so that. You can learn how to be what, what I always want. I'll, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll close this up real quick. But what the goal for me in the Christian parenting is uh, that my kids are discerners. That's all I care about. Uh, it means they got to have good theology. They got to know how to understand the Bible. They got to they got to live in Christian community. And when those things happen, I'm I'm hoping instead of me making decisions for them, they're slowly making their own decisions. Then I'm letting them make all their decisions. So I go from being kind of their I'm always their parent, but I, I go from being their instructor to kind of being their coach to mm-hmm. kind of being the guy that just roots them on from the stands. So as I said, I've got my middle son off in college. You're gone, kid. It's all on you now. Uh, I'm here to help and encourage you. You better start discerning now. But actually, you had to start discerning before you ever got there. So that's, that's kind of been it for us. But it's never, it's always an ongoing project, but it's a moving target, and you have to be able to adapt as they get older. Or w- what happens is you'll be that, that curmudgeon of a parent that still has all these rules and your kids are a senior and they're going to get better because it's really not about gospel at this point. It's about your need to control. Mm-hmm. And uh, without getting into a whole nother sermon, those are the kind of things that it's what makes parenting hard yeah. uh, and more of an art than a science. Well, Ryan said in the that. very beginning, no, it's great. I, what Ryan said in the very beginning was, um, you know, encourage curiosity. And I think mm. even as a parent... Um, if, if we're curious with our kids, because what's, what is sometimes feels to me at least easier to do is say, Hey, this is what we're doing. And even this is why, but it can be one side of conversation. And I think what can be helpful is like, Hey, tell me why you made that choice. Tell me really why you want to go there or do that. And letting, letting it be a conversation from the beginning, it takes more time and more patience. But I think in the long run, then you're developing what is 
you know, you're developing that identity and worldview together. And mm-hmm. you can do the same thing about other people. Well, why, why are they doing that? You know, this person who you are frustrated with or who's doing something differently, well, let's think about why they might be doing that. Let's try to have empathy. I just think curiosity helps with all of that. Very helpful. Yeah. Okay, right. so we such talked a good answer. Like such a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have this all I got, but yeah, you're good. No, that was really yeah. a great answer. You look answer. like you wanted to say something no, so brilliant. I was just waiting. No, that was a brilliant no, response. No, that was it. I got nothing brilliant. brilliant. I don't either. I don't want to beat that. <laughs> That's I can't. That's too good. Okay, so so we're talking about lifestyle, um, but when it comes to thinking about people who are different, <laughs> there are those big topics, the yeah. topics you're not supposed to talk about with polite company, right? Politics, religion, race. And so uh, those are different kinds of conversations for the most part, the one we're talking about. So uh, when it comes to those conversations, how, how do we think about just talking to our kids? Uh, we can sort of run through that list, just like start with race. How, how do we even have the conversations? I'm not asking you to give all the answers, but how do we even develop conversations about something that our culture is talking about a lot, that we want our kids to be able to engage with, with a gospel perspective? Well, I, again, uh, how I would answer this with older kids about... Two or three years ago, <clears throat> I told my kids, "Go!" Uh, I wanted them to come meet with me once a week. Uh, sounds like they don't live with me. Come <laughs> meet with me once a week with their friends, and uh, we were going to go over some. We were going to go through a book together that really talked about most of these issues, most all of these issues, uh, in a in a kind of a gospel centered way, walking through. Text of scripture with some ways that Christians should think and to kind of train them on uh, more of how a Christian worldview would would uh, bring itself to bear on these kinds of issues. And I don't know, I think we did it for like four to six weeks. And so they not only came, they brought their friends. And uh, and so I, we knew these are friends of ours, uh, most all of them, I think. Uh, yeah, all of them from Clear Creek. And so we asked their parents to come. It was funny. All the dads came. None of the wives came because once the guys started to come, they're like, no, we just want the guys to be here. Mm-hmm. So, But the kids were a mixed group, uh, boys and girls. And so uh, we wanted to get on the forefront and take the initiative to say, Listen, let's let's start addressing these things, not because something's happened to you or someone said something to you or you saw something, although probably all those things had already happened. But like this is we want to take the initiative to walk you through some stuff and let's just dialogue together. Um, I, I'm fairly confident I know what I need to know about a lot of those issues. Um, my kids, I would think they do, too. But I wanted, as you said, curious, I, I wanted to hear how they thought about it and how they thought about someone else's thinking who was really good at it, uh, someone who was kind of a, a Christian apologist who was trying to speak at a kid's level. And um, If we I'll, can link to that book, I just think that might be helpful. Well, I'm write yeah, it yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's uh, a good resource. Yeah. Um, I can't even think of the name. It's Rebecca. Well, McLaughlin, McLaughlin but yeah. I can't think of the title of the book. Yeah, it's her It's her kid's it's, style. It's 10, yeah, she, I think it's still yeah, 10 questions. She had Confronting Christianity, yeah, yeah. which is like yeah. the, the, yes. the regular one, I guess. And then she had like... Ten questions That's every it. team yeah. needs yes. to answer. So, so, so it's kind of that yeah. version of I'm so yeah. sorry. It's, uh, I, that, so we we did that, and what was great is my kids loved it. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want to miss it. Uh, it's the, real for them. The kid I didn't think would talk that much talked more than anybody. Um, and you know, it was. I, I'm hoping years from now, regardless of what actually we talked about, that my my sons go. That was a marker for us in our own spiritual mm-hmm. development because. Uh, we got to talk about things that everyone else is talking about uh, in our world. Our parents are scared to talk to us about it, but we just did it with, and it was great because we did it with other parents in the room. And it wasn't like, you kids need, it was like, let's just let's just hear. McLaughlin, the author, she's the one that had the voice to it. We were just getting to talk. It was almost like a book club, right? Uh, but it was it was way more than that. So, um, and I, of all the kids that have been in there, I, I'm really encouraged to see where they are now. And I'm not saying that was the one thing that did it. I just think it pushed the flywheel. The spirit might have used that in their own development. So that's how we've tried to do it. That's an example of how we tried to get well, in front of that. That's really helpful for lots of reasons. But in all the conversations that we're talking about this in this podcast series, parents do not have to have all the answers, right? No. To engage in conversation with, with your kids it's really great to do with everyone else is dealing with the same issues. We all are. And so y'all came together as a group and then used an expert to sort of guide the conversation. And that's great. That's correct. That's a, that's a great thing that the church does for us with these conversations. We don't have to do it alone. No, I I would, I would, 
to put a button on it or a bow on it, I should say. I, I would really encourage parents to do that. Um, they can ask Clear Creek Resources for those kinds of resources mm-hmm. and really just make it a – it was a very low-key – I mean, they had intense conversations, but those kids were not intimidated at all. And it's, again, for us, my situation, just a bunch of dads sitting around there talking and, and getting to – you know, once you start to hear your kids start talking, you don't want to talk as much. Because you're hearing them say things about what they think that they've probably haven't told you very much at length before, and it's fascinating because you get to know your kids better, and you're also thinking in the back, how can I help disciple my kid better because of this? So it was easy to do. All the dads wanted to do it once I said I'm going to do it. Would y'all want to be involved? They're like, yeah. So um, yeah, that's just one way that we've done that. Um, so and our kids have been more open to talk to us about those kinds of issues since mm-hmm. then. So. And you're just talking about like big issues like politics. Well, it and talks about like, yeah, it talks about religion and about uh, sexuality yeah. and race. And I mean, uh, the, the the book that McLaughlin, Rebecca McLaughlin writes uh, off of her bestseller, uh, what was it? Not Confronting, Confronting Christianity. Christianity. Um, it really does take the big issues that all people face, but that does it in a way that's it's real helpful for kids. Uh, and she says like, Christians have to answer these questions. So it is sort of what we're talking about. These are issues that our kids as Christians are going to have to face. Make some better missionaries when they go back into their own world. Uh, We just, what we constantly did though, and I think Ryan's addressed this and you've addressed this, we've constantly said, but in the end, we're trying to love people. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to argue people into the kingdom. We're trying to love people and love them even if they don't like what we say or, or, you know, disagree with us. And uh, we want to be loving and humble and winsome and all the things that we think uh, that is the character of Jesus. So, yeah. I always tell my kids, it's not, sorry. No, go ahead, yeah. It's not, it's, you're not writing a paper, right? You're not, you're not, you're not in an argument. Yep. You are in relationship with somebody. Yep. So you need to understand, but when you go out there, like wherever it is, whether it's your school or on the bus or whatever it is for you right now, you're in relationship as a person in front of you not an argument in front of you. Yeah. So always keep that in mind. I tell you what's, uh, what's helped with this, I, I, just a, a tag, just one second. My, my, my kids have very diverse friends. Um, my middle son's friends are Hindus, uh, Muslims. Um, they're from all over the world that have come to Houston. They have parents that work for NASA. And uh, I, I, it was never really concerning for me. I was like, do you have any Christian friends? Of course I do. But I, my, my son just learned to love other cultures, uh, because I think he had a gospel vision of, you know, God's come to redeem all things, and, uh, and, and, and you know, it's not a newsflash to anyone that the only Christians in the world aren't white North Americans. Uh, but even people from other faiths, uh, it's just been a good lesson for him on how to love people well, which uh, I, I would probably not have done that, uh, or I wasn't really afforded that kind of an opportunity in, 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 in plain view, because everyone's at least off of some branch of the mm-hmm. Christian tree, Uh for the most part, we didn't have a lot of Hindus and Muslims, uh, which I thought was fascinating. So, yeah. sorry. It, you, your question was around like race specifically. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yeah, race or if you wanted politics yeah. or I mean, you yeah, know, starting uh, with race. You know, my kids are they're at the age kind of like I described earlier, where because of just being in public school in different neighborhoods and all, it's you know they they actually have a pretty diverse group of friends. I mean, we just had some birthday parties for two of our kids and. You know, it's not just a bunch of white kids. It's different, mm-hmm. different uh, races and ethnicities in there. And so for them, that's just normal. I don't, yeah. They don't even think about it. And so I think for us, it's about how we talk about that. Um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it from the biblical worldview of God has, has created this beautiful diversity within the world. There's different tribes, tongues, and languages, mm-hmm. and all these people from all these different tribes, tongues, and languages will be in the kingdom of God one day. And so... Um, you know, we we are a witness to the nations, and so those nations can all be within our own neighborhood and within our own school. And so we're going to embrace that and love that, and um, you know, share the gospel with whoever that is. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. So I think we we try to talk about that, yeah, in that way. Versus, <laughs> you know, when you have this, uh, you know, the, the the racial division that's that happens in our countries and all in, in our country. Uh, you know, the way people talk about it, it shapes your kids. Mm-hmm. And um, you can talk about it the way that God sees this beautiful diversity, or you can talk about it in some other way. And that's going to that's gonna get into your kids and how they view that. And so that's going to start shaping their worldview. And it might result yeah. in more 
tribalism and more like, oh, they are different than us. And um, that's just not, that's right. just not helpful. And so um, we try to, we try to bring that kind of joy and celebration of diversity into our conversations, but, uh, but also not like in a, in a weird way. Yeah, no, I, I I love that. I mean, we do the same thing, um, because it's really one of the most, I mean, there's so many beautiful things about our faith, right? But it is such a beautiful aspect of our faith. This idea that one day every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, but also we try to have honest conversations about the reality of the past, specifically in America. So we try to hold those things together. This is our past and we have to acknowledge it, right? This is what's going on. This is what's the reality for some people. And this is also God's plan. It's again, it's that worldview. This is the worldview. This is also the broken world. And so this is your place in it, you know, which is hard. For them, especially, because they're like, I don't know, because because my kids are like your kids. They're like their it's their world is much more diverse and pluralistic than mine was, so they're with different kinds of people all the time. Um, but we still have to have conversations about it because they're about to go and be a part of them. Yeah, I, I'd probably say the way that your um, the way that you view your politics, or the way that you view race, or the way that you view other religions, um, and how you act and talk and behave is far more shaping on your children than any conversation you have with them. So how you respond to the news when there's some racial motivated crime or uh, how you respond to the latest numbers in the polls on who's running for president and you just kind of bark out something and your kids see that, that's going to be far more impactful than you ever sitting down and saying, well, here's what we need to do with it because they've already seen what you've done with it. So that's why, to me, you know, we've said this and we'll just say it again. You've got to be able to gospel yourself, if you will, grow in godliness about what you believe about these things in a way that's kingdom befitting and not necessarily you're you're, you're partisan in such a way where um, your kids can't even see the other side of things anymore. Like they're so indoctrinated into... Uh, this is exactly how we see politics. This is exactly how we see race, and this is exactly how we see everything else. Is uh, it's 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 tough if the example you've been giving doesn't really look like Jesus, and so um, that that's why the parents have to figure out what what they believe in light of the gospel with these things instead of because what happens is we just take whatever our parents did and that's how we act, and then we <clears> give it to our other kids. You know, it just goes from generation to generation. And uh, that's why the, the greatest discipleship thing you can do for your kids is to be your own disciple and to unlearn things that aren't befitting of the king and learn things that are. And um, so uh, my kids have picked up more about what I believe about those things when they see me watch the news and respond the way that I respond. Or I'll stop and go, what, what do we think about that? Because I want to know, what, what do you all, here's how we think about that. And um, so... I just try to use those as opportunities to talk to my kids about that because they're going to go. I, I I know right now in high school, everyone's, all these kids are bringing whatever beliefs they are because their parents gave them those beliefs, and so they're mm-hmm. they have. My kids are having debates all the time. These guys get in fights and arguments. Their friends do, and everyone's a, an expert on all these issues because their parents told them this is what they need to believe. And I'm not dogging that. I'm just saying, uh, if we're going to pour that into our children, we need to make sure that we're doing that in a way where. Uh, it looks a whole lot like Jesus and a less like us. Mm-hmm. So it is. It's so true. I mean, you know, my kids are in elementary school, and it's the same thing there. It's like you know, my kid will come back and be like, "So and so said this." Yeah. So everyone thinks this. Everyone do this. Oh, who? This is who I would vote for. And this is like, is this person bad or good? Are they? You know, because that's how they. It's it's black or white, and and they're thinking and only um, for elementary school kids. Yeah. It's just it's hilarious to to hear. Because uh, you know, I'll ask them, you know, well, why do they think that? Why, you know, why why would your friend vote for this person? You know, and obviously it's it's comical to hear a kid try to articulate a political mm-hmm. position. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what how you respond to news, how you respond to politics, race, all those different things. It it's it is ingrained. It is indoctrinated into your kids. You know, and people yeah. don't like to do that word, but it's like no matter who you are, you are indoctrinating your kid, yeah. and so. Yeah. Um, and you are with, with what you believe, 
And also, like you said, how you respond. Yep. So how you're treating people who maybe did not come to the same decision you did. You know, so however you are speaking about someone who thinks differently or is different, that's how your kids are going to speak and think about the other people. So if it is they are evil or, you know, they shouldn't exist or whatever it is, that's how your kid is going to start to think. Because my kids have said that plenty of times. So-and-so says if you vote this way, you're going to hell. Excuse me. We might have moved out, but that's what they say. I mean, it actually holds a real place. Jesus said that, I think you're okay. (laughs) You're you're grounded for a month. (laughs) (laughs) You can say hell, but you can't say Jesus out loud. Oh, no. Uh, But they really have. And it's like, well, let's talk about that. Um, But that's really how kids, they want to know. And when they see their parents responding that way, they're going to do the same thing, like you said. Part of my conversation with my kids is to say, let me just tell you how this is going to go. I'm going to tell you how it's going to go. It's going to go like this. Uh, These kids are going to have parents that are all fired up about this person or that person. And they're going to pour that, uh, that, that excitement into the person they like. And they're going to pour their vitriol or their hatred into the person they don't like. And so they're going to idolize one and demonize the other. And this is how it's going to look when you go, go to school. Your, your friends are going to talk like this. They're going to say, this one guy's like Jesus, essentially, and the other guy's like the devil. And that you can't even be a Christian to vote for one person over another. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, Dad, that's exactly what they do. I said, all right, so now that, now that you know the plan, their, their strategy, here's how we're going to do that. Like, we're going to find like, what, what's good about all of these people and what's bad about all of them. So you can, you can recognize that no one's completely, usually completely, utterly evil, and the other person's completely and utterly perfect, because that's, Jesus never talked like that. So like, let's, let's find, like, where's the beautiful in both of those, and where's the broken in both of those? And so that'll temper how we engage, because I don't need the Arrington kids going crazy like those kids are going crazy, because you need to know, like, we're gospel people here. And so like, let's have that kind of conversation. So I mean, I'll ask my, so what was the debate today in? One of my kids, well, it was on this. And I said, well, what, what did you do? Well, you know, I got fired up and I said this. I'm like, well, that sounds like your dad. So, <laughs> um, but where did you leave it? And so th- that's kind of where I'm, I'm trying to help coach my kids right now. I can't, I'm not making them do anything. And right now I'm in the place because my kids are older. I'm coaching them like, all right, well, listen, uh, here, here's a way that you need to think about that, that I think's better. Uh, I think this befits what the kingdom would look like. And so... Uh, I actually think it's helped my kids a little bit. I mean, it, I think my kids would be like, Dad, uh, the guy, everyone got in this big fight, and I was just kind of like in the middle of trying to listen to both sides. I said, oh, you were trying to listen to what they had to say. Mm-hmm. Well, right, I'm going to give you a star for yeah. today. Way to oh, go. Trying yeah. to listen. You so, realize that this is a nuanced conversation. Right. right? Yeah, okay. There we don't go. put things on bumper stickers and say that's what we believe because it's a lot more nuanced than that. And yeah. so, I, again, for me, it's about discernment. I want to train my kids to think. And then to articulate what they think in a way that's gracious and uh, humble. Uh, and I'm okay if my kids get fired up. I want them to get fired up. I get fired up about things. But to do so in a way that still ultimately respects other people and doesn't make it sound like they got the corner on everything. So um, we're in a working process. I'll just say that. So we're sort of talking about um, all the big topics together. Um, but what's interesting about it is they're not really the same as far as like, you know, what is foundational, you know, what is nuanced, all those things. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about that because religion is different Mm -hmm. than race, which is different than politics. So how, how do we have those conversations a little bit differently? Right. So if we're, if we're talking about, um, religion, do we, are we the middleman in the same way? Maybe we are. What do you think? Well, obviously, uh, maybe not not so obvious. No, I just, Hey, we're Christians. We believe this is the truth. Uh, they're not. So we're going to disagree on what's true. We're going to disagree on... So what I, I just try to help my kids see it very simply. To, so we're either... There, there's either one of two ways that we uh, come to God. We either come to God by grace or we come to God by works. And Christianity is the only one I know that comes to God by grace through the work that God's already done for us. Everything else, every other religion, it doesn't even matter what you call it, uh, any one of them are all building a ladder to God, and Jesus has come down the ladder, if you will, to us. So um, that's where we don't negotiate. We're not negotiating that. And so, but we ought to be able to hear people and ask them why they believe what they believe and still love them. And and uh, but I want my kids to be missionaries. I don't want them just to be isolated, sitting on their hands, not doing anything. I I want them to win their friends to Jesus. I, I, we have an agenda. 
As Christians, we have an agenda. It's called the Great Commission. And so in a world that says everyone's beliefs are equally valid, uh, everyone's truth is their truth, we don't be- the Arringtons don't believe that. At least I've tried to raise my kids that that's not how the Bible teaches truth. All truth comes from God, and God's people are his true people, and Jesus is the true Savior. And so now the, the art of it will be how do, we, how do we gain a hearing with our lost friends? How do we love them well so that they might want to listen to the hope that we have in Jesus? But, yeah, that's, it's a different kind of thing. I, I always tell my, you know, again, my, my middle kid's got tons of friends from different religions, and uh, I, I think he's super respectful. I mean, they're coming to his, when he graduated to go to school, uh, for graduated from high school, we had a bunch of people in our house that were, we had Hindus and Muslims and uh, some, some person, I didn't know the name of their religion. So I, I, I'm just grateful that, that uh, he had developed the kind of friendships with them. And I said, do y'all ever talk about faith? He goes, all the time, all the time. And so that's, that makes me feel good. That's no mm-hmm. different than Paul and the, and the Oropagus and Mars Hill and Acts. It's no different than um, really the first century followers of Jesus. They're in a multicultural world. They're the minority religion, way minority, and they have to be able to engage in ways that, that, that are attractive to Jesus. That's what we try to do with our kids. For better or for worse, we've tried. Yeah. I don't have anything to add about religion. Well, uh, I was just thinking, um, when we teach systematic, or whenever I've taught it before, we sort of talk through what are essential beliefs and what are secondary and tertiary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's sort of applicable here. You know, like your faith what you believe about Jesus, your, your Christianity, that's, that's written in stone, you know, and then everything else is not, you know, whether, you know, we celebrate race and diversity, but there's all these issues that people have different conversations about where it's politics, like open-handed. But sometimes we mix those up and other things are written in stone and our, and our faith can be written in sand. And so I think just remembering, like you guys have been saying the whole time, it's really starts with your worldview with your faith in Christ and what that means. And then everything else flows from there because there's a difference between having nuanced conversations and just being, you know, embracing relativism completely. Sure. Cause that can sort of be the challenge for our kids. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm no, I'm not <clears throat> a prognosticator, but when I hear generation Z, which I think is what my kids are. When I, I hear, really have no, idea. when I hear them talk, I wouldn't be surprised in 15 to 20 years if the pendulum swings the other way in kind of our North American conversations about sexuality or race or whatever. And when I mean swinging the other way, I mean, I think there's going to be a a reaction to kind of how they've been taught uh, by, you know, the powers that be, kind of the the prevailing voices today. Because when I talk to my kids and their friends, it it just seems like they – I'm not too sure they've bought into what everyone else is telling them now. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, oh, that doesn't make sense to us. And some of them aren't even, most of these, most, a lot of them aren't even Christians. They're like, this doesn't make any sense. So uh, I, I even yeah. want my kids like, so what? So even if it swings back, it could swing back further one way that's not even helpful. I mean, it is, you got to have Jesus. You got to follow Jesus. Let Jesus be the standard. Uh, and as Ryan said, you can't just have some figment in your figment of, an imagination of what Jesus is in your head. You have to look at the Gospels. You got to read the New Testament. Uh, you got to be in the Bible. You need to have a little bit of theology. In other words, you have to mature as a disciple uh, to help your kids mature as disciples as well. Yeah. I don't know anything else to add. What was your question? <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, that's. I, you no, know. you said you don't have any more thoughts about religion. I didn't know if you had other thoughts about politics or. Yeah, Ryan, what other thoughts do you have? Because that was just. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to what we've said. I mean, it, it, you as a parent, uh, is your worldview more dictated by your political view or what you believe about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, who's, who's ultimately the king over all those things? Um, you know, if Jesus is the king, then everything else trickles down from there. And I think that when, when that is true and you're trying to really press into the gospel and you have this theology of the brokenness of um, humanity and um, and how the gospel is the ultimate hope and the ultimate answer for that, then that just, you, you just view politics differently than maybe it's talked about as if like, this is the, the worst thing that's, you know, this is what's wrong with the world. And then this political solution is the solution for it. And if, if you have a 
robust theology of the brokenness of, of man mm-hmm. and sin and the gospel, you're like, that actually <laughs> is not going to solve it the way you think it does. It might solve aspects of it and it might be helpful. It might say, okay, that's really good, but here's how that really kind of breaks down here. And so if you, if you view your own politics that way, then it's a little easier to um, be a little more charitable towards someone else's beliefs. You understand, okay, yeah, I, I, I can I can embrace that or celebrate that aspect of that platform or that party or that you know person, um, but not these other parts. And here's why. And um, again, yeah, it's how you what what you believe in your own heart about those, those things then impacts how you talk about it. Um, not just what you say, but how you say it. And so you talked about you know the explicit and implicit way that you you model those things. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just, it all, it all trickles down. So it's, yeah. Yeah. You're probably going to live in such a way, hopefully in, in this climate, if that, if your kids are really following Jesus and if we're really following Jesus, uh, when it comes to these kind of issues, we're going to have people that, and this isn't a new thought, you're, you're going to, you're going to agree at sometimes and disagree at sometimes. So you're going to have one side that loves what you think. The other side hates it, but on this next issue, that other side loves it. And now this side hates it because you're not, you're not partial to one side or the other. You're partial to Jesus as King. And so as all you're trying to do is, uh, divine what Jesus has said about these things at the heart of the issue and trying to figure out what's the best way that, that we live that out as followers of Jesus. And, uh, different groups are going to agree or disagree with that. So you're going to be loved and hated uh, by the same people, and then on the next issue, they'll flip. Uh, so I've just tried to prepare my kids. That's kind of the way of Jesus, uh, at least in this context. And, and uh, so don't, don't, don't get so happy when they love you and so down when they hate you. The very next day, they may switch based on you saying something else, like, well, this is what I think we ought to do with following. It's what I think Jesus says here. And so um, I, I hope that's been helpful for our kids. I, it's been helpful for me just as an adult. So Yeah. The, the whole black and white thing, it's like every time you're going to vote for something, you should have this conflict going on within you. Like you shouldn't be 100% bought into any of the things because those are those are man-made good things that are trying to solve issues. And um, again, there's there's things that you can agree with, some things you can't agree with. It's not going to be as, as black and white to where – hundred percent all the way down. I'm going to agree with this, this solution. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's and, you and if, have to deal with that conflict within your own heart. Yeah. And if you can acknowledge that as reality mm-hmm. of our broken world and you're in your own broken heart too, then that can give the humility to love people. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Who, who think differently, yeah. who are acting and living differently. Um, I, I was thinking about a sermon series we did a long time ago about, what, what, this is going to be wrong, but cringy Christians? Yeah. What was it yeah, called? Yeah, I think it was salty. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to so just cringy. So cringy so was the other category. Yeah. And that's just what I keep thinking about. So know your beliefs, but then don't, when you interact with people who are different or who think differently or act differently, don't be cringy. Yeah. Just love them well. Sure. You know? I mean. Loving them well yeah. still means you can disagree. Right. But you can disagree in a loving way. You can disagree in a God-honoring way. And you can sure as heck, disagree in a non-God-honoring way. Uh, and so we want to do the former, not the latter. And um, that's that's part of the the goodness of uh, following Jesus is even when we disagree, we can do so in a way where hopefully whoever's on the other side of that, they respect us, uh, they, they might even admire us, even if they don't agree with us, we, because we've loved them and treated them as the way we mm-hmm. wanted to be treated. Yeah. It sounds a whole lot like what Jesus has said before. Mm-hmm. So love mm-hmm. others in a way that you've wanted to be loved, treat them as you want to be treated. So that's really my last question. If, if we're going to have conversations with our kids, what's, what's really the, the one thing you would want your kids to really take away from these conversations when we're talking about people who are different, whatever that means? And I know we're talking about a wide spectrum. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes full circle. For me is, uh, you know, I, I originally answered, hey, I don't know what the first step is because every other is different. Uh, but in hearing your responses, I, I actually would change that. I, I do agree. What I what I would want my kids to know from the very overall <clears throat> is that God created all human all creation, but He created humanity. He loves humanity. It's again beautiful and broken, and um, because we need the grace of God to know God. Like the the only reason that my kids or I or their mom um, are followers of Jesus is because God rescued us. And so it's just hard to be arrogant when you've been rescued for, for no reason outside of this that God did it. And so 
I want my kids to embrace others, uh, or at least love others well, because they're fellow sinners. We're all sinners. We're all broken, and um, we want God to rescue them as well, and we want to live in a way where they would want to be rescued by God, even if they don't believe that. And so um, I want my kids to have a gospel humility about how they approach people and a gospel love when they engage people. So uh, that's why the cross means everything to us. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I, uh, you know, the original question is like, how do you how do you teach your kids about, um, I guess, interacting or engaging others? You know, people who have a different view. It's just the way that that Jesus moved towards us. We move towards others, and uh, we do that with with the good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that's that. Right on. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, again, not, you know, we're not going to answer every question here, but that was super, super helpful. You guys are good dads, good leaders. So thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.